0: So society sees someone who has bipolar disorder as someone who is dangerous and look at them as a very negative way. Today I'm interviewing Catherine who is a bipolar and proud. She talks about how she uses her disorder as something that's like a superpower in a way. Um, yeah, so she goes more into it. She talks about her story and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to mentally a badass. My name is Justine. And today I'm speaking with Catherine, we are going to be talking about um, bipolar disorder, and how she stays bipolar and proud. I really like that, that, that take on the disorder and the positive attitude towards it. So we're going to be talking about her personal story and giving value um, to you guys. So welcome to my podcast, Catherine.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is so exciting. I am very, very ready to talk about bipolar and how I'm proud of it and how, um, you know, I'll just say that bipolar people are super creative and super intelligent. So that's Mm a really big thing about why I'm so proud of it.
0: Yeah, that's why I like that I like how you putting it in a positive light. Because because pe- part of the stigma is that people look at people who are bipolar, as like someone who can be harmful um, to others, which is like, that's totally not the case. Um, so I definitely um, like that you do put that positive light on it. I'm just very excited to, you know, really dig deep into that conversation. Um, but to begin, I would like if you don't like whatever you feel comfortable in opening up, I would love to like hear your story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I was diagnosed bipolar 1 in uh, 2000 what was it? Like, yeah, 2007 actually. And before that I had been in at that point I was about 27 years old, right? So, mm-hmm. before 27, I didn't didn't really figure out what was wrong with me for a long time, but I started acting out when I was very young. And then of course, in high school, when drugs and alcohol were added to the mix, you know, my brain just kind of like flew into um, more like delusions of grandeur and um, insomnia and Um, aggressiveness. Yes, I am pretty aggressive, but anyway, um, I will say that at the moment, I'm, I've been on medication for four years and I'll tell you about the medications later, but you know, the story just begins, let's just say like preteen. And then I finally got diagnosed at 27 and then, um, I was hospitalized between 17 and 27, many times, numerous times um, at, you know, psych wards or mental hospitals or whatever. And I would stay for a week or two weeks until they, until my manic episodes, you know, kind of calm down. And then, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a really long story that I'm not going to, you know, take the whole time talking about. But if you have any questions about any of that, I could delve deeper into any.
0: yeah no of course I mean I definitely know that that would probably like going day by day in story and pretty much in and out of hospital I know that definitely can be very um like a long conversation Mm -hmm. um but I have I mean for me personally I've never been hospitalized but I have been to the point where like I was like very extremely suicidal Mm -hmm. um I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 17 years old um and I learned there so what was like your like pretty much what was if you don't mind like of course sharing what was your breaking point that you're like okay i need to like you know get help
1: yeah so the breaking point was when i was 37 um you know i started drinking heavily like big big boxes of wine okay so Mm -hmm. i always talk about being bipolar being an addict and being an alcoholic so that's not new news so it just got to a point where, um, you know, I drank so much, I was unmedicated, I drank so much that I, you know, did some stuff, and I'll tell you what it was just afterwards, and then I got arrested. And then when I got arrested at the, So I'd been to jail at 17 for little petty things, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, well, when, 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 so, when have to sit back and be like, wow, how did I get here? And, uh, you know, I need help, you know, obviously at that point. So yeah, I can tell you why I got arrested and all that too. So, but, but yeah, that's the, my lowest point was getting arrested.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, definitely putting behind bars is kind of like, okay, it's like a wake up call. It's like, okay, now it's getting to the point where now you're getting in trouble with like, you know, the authorities and such. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah, and then definitely binge drinking and like just drinking is a huge part of like a huge part like definitely happens for someone who is bipolar and like Mm -hmm. i feel that because people people who are bipolar are like extremely depressed so they go like towards like drugs and alcohol like do you feel like that was the reason why you went towards doing like alcohol and drugs
1: right because bipolar one is like um i'm i have my manic moments out of the year and i have my depressive moments out of the year that's what they call it clinically Mm -hmm. But what I call a a manic moment is more of a creative process. Mm -hmm. And and what they call depressive is more of a re-energizing, you know? Because I can't always be performing and creating and on on stage and on live without that re-energizing, you know? And I can't always be low energy and no energy without performing. So- I hope that that helps other people listening because don't let them think, don't let them, you know, tell you that you're depressed when it's not, uh, because see some, you might be depressed and that's fine, but some of you might not be depressed and it's just cause for me, I'm today, I'm not suicidal mm-hmm. or anything like that. You know, I'm just like, I love life now, you know, but mm-hmm. I know that medications definitely help. And, um, the um i do have an addictive personality i mean when i'm manic i can um i can gamble i can have like a type of sex addiction like i can mm-hmm. be a shopaholic, you know so i have to be very careful but but the medications have helped and i don't go crazy like i used to basically is what i'm saying so yeah and then the and then the drugs and the alcohol of course like people would say you're self medicating because you actually need mental health medications. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Uh, and then I can tell you the names of the medications I take. Cause a lot of people don't talk about that, but I'm open about it.
0: Yeah. I wonder if we take the same ones, <laughs> which ones do you take? True.
1: That's so true. So um, I, and, 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 and again, you know, this is, it took a long time to figure out this mix. So I have tried lithium and respidol and all kinds of, you know, big names, but those just didn't work for me. The ones that do work for me and have worked for me um, the last four years is Abilify, um, Prozac, and then Buspar and Wellbutrin. Now, the Abilify and the Prozac are like for people that don't know, they're like the um, one of them is an antipsychotic, mm-hmm. which I need. And the other one is a uh, mood stabilizer, you mm-hmm. know, and then the abuse bars for anxiety, low grade. I have low grade anxiety and uh, the well is actually supposed to help me quit smoking cigarettes, <laughs> but you know, we'll mm-hmm. see.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I took, um, I took a billify when I was like 17. Um, I right now I take lamotrigine mm-hmm. and um, I can't even pronounce the other one. It starts with a Q I'm like, mm. to like, open up my like, little medicine pouch and be like, hmm, what is the name of this one that I take, but it's done pretty good for me. Um, mm-hmm. It helps for like the depression part of it. So one for the manic, one for the depression. It's called like, um, cute to pin something. I don't
1: know. Yeah, okay. they're really difficult to, to, to pronounce. They yeah, are. I can never
0: pronounce I these remember. things. Lamotrigine was easy but mm-hmm. uh cute to pin- i don't know it's that one i take that one's really important depression um but i know they do better on it when they're like lower dosage like i was on like my my psychiatrist was putting me like on 200 milligrams of amostrogen i kept getting like the illest headaches and mm. it was just messing i try to get back on a bill because ability worked pretty okay for me when i was 17 but i was also like 17 and stupid and thinking like oh i feel better i don't need medication anymore and i went off it um, but yeah, that was you when know, I was 17 and you know, I was just, you know. Um, but then I was like, oh, let me try a bilify again. Um, and then it started like when I was taking the bilify, I started getting like my my hands were shaking. I started like mm-hmm. feeling like I was getting like tremors, like all of a sudden, like I just like thought like, it, like felt like an earthquake and I'm like, oh my god, I don't think I'm gonna like, go into like a seizure or something like that. So oh, I went right. off it. Cause it was just it was just like not feeling right in my brain. So yeah. um yeah so i mean it's just like you know some things to work for you at one age and then like you know a teenager is it's diff- really like a teenager's body and brain is like way different than like an adult um sure, adult brain so it just made sense so i went off that and so far what i'm on right now currently is is good for me i've been i feel like i've been in a mental better mental state um the thing that i like sh- struggle the most is like with my depression um, but I feel like a lot of, like, I feel like what the medication has done best for me was take me off the edge. Um, cause without medication, like I had a harder time controlling my emotions. Um, I was suicidal, but I feel like taking medication, like took that out. So like, wasn't so like, cause you know, being bipolar can be dangerous. Um, very dangerous. So that's basically took like the danger part out. And then I've been trying to do like, you know, just other lifestyle things, um, as well for my mental health.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like I said at the beginning, super creative, super intelligent. You know?
0: Yeah, and you know a lot. And a lot of people do say that. I truly do believe that. You know, like you know how like Kanye West is bipolar,
1: right? Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. and he's like extremely creative. Like he has like this magical like touch with things. So I'm like that, and like Kim Kardashian even says like he's very like intelligent. But, like, a lot of people just don't understand him. And um, yeah. sometimes it's, yeah, and it's crazy. It's, like, um, we're, we're also, we're just, like, I feel like we're just, like, a very unique kind of human being. It's, like, I, like, question for you. Like, relationship-wise, have you, like, struggled in, like, that department?
1: Um, absolutely. At the beginning, I did. Uh, when I was younger obviously because I mean I was just like really a just a mess in, in all aspects psychologically, mentally, emotionally mm-hmm. but now that I'm like in my 40s I've been married for, for 14 years nice. to the same person and it's amazing so there is hope you know so yeah. like Absolutely. At when I was 17, 18, 19, I mean, it was just a I was a wreck. And all of my relationships were a wreck. But then when I hit 27, um, and then I got i start I started taking medications at 27 for a little while as well, kind of calmed down my brain and stuff. And then I met, you know, my husband. And so um yeah. it And we've been together since it, it's, it's cool. You know, like, like a lot of people might lose hope in that because they are struggling in their relationships. But, but I will tell you that as far as my family, my extended family, they've pretty much disowned me, you know, really? mm-hmm. that's okay. I'm okay with it. Like they don't, there's like one or two people out of my whole entire family, which is a huge family. Obviously, we all have big families, you know, everybody has their extended family and it's, some are pretty big. Mine is big. Only like one or two still call me every once in a while and check up on me. Everybody else has like completely disappeared. You know, I'm talking mother, uncle, uh, you know, cousins, you know, they're just like, they don't, they're just, they had enough, basically. They had enough back in the day, right? So, yeah, so that happens. So, my nuclear family is the one that keeps me going and gives me all the support and love that I need. So, you know, if I'm saying all that because, um, it can be a very lonely and isolating, um, disorder, yeah. And, mm-hmm.
0: honest, yeah, I mean, that's also like that's really, I mean. <laughs> for me like right now right now I'm currently 26 um mm-hmm. so like maybe in 27 I'll meet that person but <laughs> but no honestly like I've had relationships where it has failed because of my mental health like mm. my last I mean I don't I wouldn't say my my last one I wouldn't say it failed because of my mental health but I would say that like the guy I dated couldn't like handle it if that makes sense so like you know, when I'd be depressed, like, I would be, you know, like, going through a hard time, and I'll, like, be negative, and this and that, and I think he just didn't, like, after a while, he just couldn't, like, take being around it, and he would, like, distance himself from me, um, and then, like, you know, that's when our relationship started going downhill, and then the guy before that was pretty much saying, like, you need to go back to therapy, and this and that, and, like, it's pretty, like, I don't know, I don't want to fully blame my mental health on it, like, I just it's not like the guys are like are like 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 pretty much like hating on men to mental health but i guess they just it takes a certain person to you know stick through stick through those kind of hard times and you know like they like they can't just always have me at my best you know what i mean um so i just think i'm still waiting for that one that you know like they can date me longer than they can get deeper into relationship and see me at that worse and not like you know back out does that make sense
1: yeah absolutely and you know you you know you make an excellent point it happens to a lot of people with mental health um disorders schizophrenia and uh all the other ones too you know um but you has you just have to you, look, what I used to do is I used to test people to see if they would stay with me through my hard times. Right. Mm -hmm. So like childish, obviously back in the day, I would test people, see how long, how much crazy of mine would they be able to take. So when I stopped doing that, And was just like, look, the honest truth is I am, you know, bipolar and I have my ups and I have my downs and I lead a very, you know, uh, unorthodox life. And um, I hope that you can accept me for who I am, you know, Mm -hmm. and in relationships, there's always that compromise and then that trust factor and then that uh, acceptance factor and then just so many things sacrifice that we have to you know in that in that sometimes we don't if we're selfish we're never gonna make it with anybody else you know we have yeah. to be selfless in relationships as well it has to be a balance of um you know both 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 people have to be on the same same page
0: yeah
1: otherwise no, just mm-hmm
0: did you know that the average life expectancy of someone who's bipolar is 27?
1: What is that? No, I did not know that. Is that due to suicide? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe
0: so. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's 27. I, I That and BPD. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I'm, I was also diagnosed with that one. Um, yeah,
0: so I... So I right now I'm just currently like on documents <laughs> um diagnosed with bipolar according to my medical records um but when I was like 17 like I vaguely remember the um the first meeting I had with a psychiatrist but I'm pretty sure he put borderline personality disorder I feel oh like God. but they just treated me for bipolar and you know like it's kind of like it's kind of like they kind of like are cousins together it's but I just don't, like, I just, re- I remember that, but I don't really, like, think, I don't know how to find those medical records, because, like, I was, like, I need like, ask my mom, I don't remember, think my mom even remembers, like, the name of the psychiatrist, like, it was, like, almost 10 years ago, um, but if I can find those medical records, could I want to see, like, what, could I, cause at the time, I didn't know really much about mental health, so pretty much I just answered the questions as the, you know, the guy asked me about, like, you know, like, my history or whatever, and how I felt, and this and that, And he said, I think he said borderline personality disorder and um, um, bipolar. And then as I went on, like, with life, I went to college, and they just diagnosed me with anxiety and depression. And they're like, oh, no, we don't think you're bipolar. And then I I moved, and I saw, like, you know, I kind of been in and out of therapy, like, different therapists and different psychiatrists, but, like, because, you know, I've moved to different places and such. Which I hate always having to like retell my whole life story, Um, and this and now I'm diagnosed with bipolar. So it's like, you know, I don't. It's just kind of like I feel like I'm being diagnosed differently in like different psychiatrists, and it's just kind of like, kind of gets me a little concerned that I really hope that like they know what they're doing. If that makes sense,
1: (laughs) right? And then there's different types of bipolar. There's bipolar one, bipolar two, hypomania. You know, so um I think uh, I don't live by what they tell me I live by what I know and yeah. I have a lot of uh, self discovery and self um uh, um healing and you know uh, I'm I'm a very spiritual person and I do yeah. I meditate and you know um so, so stuff like that helps you know just
0: Oh definitely being, being
1: one with the The nature and the universe and things like that
0: oh i'm honestly i'm like truly big on that too um Um, yeah i think that's also really big with mental health and i also think it's just like extremely healing and mental health is just so like complex you know what i mean like i feel like it takes a life to under to really mm -hmm. a life to understand it and mm-hmm. uh, like that's truly like my mission is to you know help educate people while also like continuing on educating myself. And then honestly, like with my podcast, I've literally have learned from so many different people, which yeah. is like truly amazing. Like I've interviewed people from all over the country, a couple mm-hmm. outside of the country, and just like learning how mental health is seen in like Europe and like all these other countries in Canada. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just so much to it and. Honestly like oh since you said that you were diag you said you were diagnosed in 2007? Yeah. So mental health was like definitely treated differently then. Like did mm-hmm. so like tell me your experience because I know like when I was having like my issues in high school like people like didn't want to like be bothered with me they just think I'm looking for attention, you know like that kind mm-hmm. of like people are just being ignorant. Like mm-hmm. what was your experience on that? Like, you know, in 2007? Like, how do people treat you?
1: Like, um, in high school or at 27? Or both? Oh,
0: like Like two thousand. Okay, so I guess, like, 2007, like, when you knew you were diagnosed with a mental disorder, like, how right. did your, like, people around you treat you? Because I know it wasn't, like, as talking about, you know, much in 2007 than it is in 2021.
1: I honestly, if, I've honestly always been a person that never has cared about mm-hmm. what other people think or say about me. And so I don't listen, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they were thinking. I'm sure they were thinking, wow, she's insane. But like, <laughs> that's, that's nothing. That's like, yeah, I am. I, there is some insanity about me, but that's what makes me, me. And I love yes. myself. And uh, I'm all about self-love, self-care, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so i i guess i just i just don't really listen to what other people are saying or or thinking or, or or doing about me you know what i'm saying like i just went about my life and just did what i did and and and, and surely i was very selfish and didn't care who i hurt and stuff like that yeah. too you know i don't do that now but i did it back then yeah so mm-hmm. i hope that answers your question but the truth is i just don't don't I'm really unbothered by it
0: yeah so no that's honestly like a true like badass thing is that like you just don't care like it takes like honestly there's so many people who care so much about what people think of them and it's really like upsetting when they care to the point where it's like oh I can't go out of my hair doesn't look good if I don't have makeup on for example (laughs) like that is like I feel I feel bad for those people because I feel like It's just unnecessary anxiety. You know what I mean. It's unnecessary, Mm. like those like negative energy. You know what I mean? Because in reality, if you're going out to a grocery store and you look like crap or whatever, no one gives a fuck. Like seriously, like who cares? Like people are just out there buying their like their bread or whatever. Like no
1: one cares. This really helped me. People are into themselves, not into like. He cares about him. I care about me. You care about you. She cares about her. She's not worried about me, and I'm not worried about her. You know, it's just once I got that 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 theory of people are so self-involved, I just it was just the freedom about everything else. You know, I just let it go. I just let it all go uh, even further that I had already um, not cared before. You know, it was like it's like a like a. Uh, up level of freedom and not caring. And so, and then I'll just say this, um, you know, before I became a public persona, right, and was like doing the live videos and, you know, doing all that, I had to decide whether or not um, I was going to stay behind the scenes or go in front of the camera. And I knew that once I made the decision that I was going in front of the camera, I knew that there were going to be a lot of haters and trolls and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but that's okay. I mean, you know, the I say I'll, I, for, I have one, one titled, um, I love my haters, you know, mm-hmm. I actually appreciate them very much because they bring in more, more publicity and I'm okay they with do. that.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I honestly like, Honestly, if people like hate on myself, I'm like, yes, yes, keep hating, keep hating, keep going. Like like keep like keep b- boosting in my in the algorithm for <laughs> me.
1: Yeah. And people are so worried about bad or negative reviews on their like, you know, podcast or negative reviews on their books or negative reviews on their Google or, or, or website or whatever. And it's like you know, it's really not that To me, it's just really not that Big a deal or serious, and it's like, you know, if you you know you've made it when you get hated. I mean, didn't like
0: Rebecca Black off famous from being hated? Mm-hmm. I remember that lot. Friday song; like everyone hated that song and thought it was like stupid. And then, like now, she's like rich and famous. Exactly, she's not really that relevant anymore. But like at the time, like that's like she literally was like known for getting famous for being hated.
1: Right? Yeah, it happens all the time, and it's like, oh well, you know, <laughs> time. Well, life keeps ticking away, you know, we just move on and it'll all be forgotten later on, you know?
0: Yeah. That so, were you? so from what I'm, from what I'm seeing, I feel like you were just always just kind of like had the whole, like, you don't care what people think kind of attitude, which is great. Did you always feel like that? Or is that, is that part of like personal growth for you? Or were you like, just always just like, just didn't give a fuck pretty much?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... Geez, you know, I'm going to say it has been a process. The older I'm getting, the less I care, obviously. Yeah. But uh the last time I remember caring about, you know, what I, what people thought of me and stuff was in middle school. Because I, in middle school I did care, but when I got to high school and I was like a senior and I was like oh, it this doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if- the drugs I don't know you know what I'm saying because sometimes you feel more powerful when you're on like you know um, crystal meth or something <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean I never did that before but
1: <laughs> which is totally fake it's a fake power but yeah. you know just uh, just in the drugs that I was doing I just felt like I had control over that and I was like um, I, I, I don't know so I, I think my journey for for, for that not caring about what other people think started in um high school for me and then it just grew grew yeah but it's a decision too it's
0: of course yeah you
1: know it's not something that just happens i mean because people obsess some people obsess over what other people are you know uh, writing about them or saying about them or gossiping about them or so. i'm like "Eh, talk talk about me You know, talk about me because you must be you must be jelly,
0: yeah, or like obsessed with me or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. Which you know, it is what it is, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when I was in middle school, I like care. I think I, yeah, I cared a lot in middle school because at the time, like, I didn't really, you know, know much. You know what I mean? Because I was bullied from like from my memory like third grade up until I mean I was bullied in college too but like it's you know it's different like you just having crazy like roommates who have who have like a bullying kind of personality um but like bullying that I had from like was that actually affected me was probably from third grade to like mid high school because in Mm. high school I remembered like have you ever heard of Formspring it's a website for like Mm-mm. anonymous, okay, yeah. I feel like not a lot of people know about it. Um, well, it's not there anymore it, it for you know many reasons. So pretty much, it was a website that you can like ask a question anonymously. So you know, when you can ask a question anonymously, you know what that opens, you know what door that opens up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, all my, all my haters in high school, people who like didn't like me, was like, oh, this is perfect. Let me go bully Justine, and they did, and I literally went viral with hate, like. People kept constantly, like, I kept refreshing my inbox and, like, it was always a different hate comment. And, one, some of them were just, like, go hang yourself or here's a rope or this and that. Like, I would get stuff like that. And I was just, like, literally just, like, I was, like, on my laptop reading all of these comments and I'm, like, oh, okay. And I closed my laptop. And I go to a sweet 16 and I go party that night. And I was like, okay, fuck it. Like I was like, you know, I have friends. And like, I think that what makes me feel like at comfort is that like, I have friends, I have, you know, people that support me and that love me and like everything else, all these things, like, I don't care. Like, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Okay. Before, so yeah. So before we end, um, is there a last, um, a little bit of advice, any last advice you'd like to give my, my listeners?
1: Yes, of course it gets better. You know, it just gets better. I, mm-hmm. I'm having such a great life in my 40s. My mm-hmm. 20s were difficult. My 30s were complicated, but my 40s are have been amazing. I'm just like, you know, happy, joyous, free, and successful. And um, so, you know, if you're younger and you're like hopeless, just hang on. Just yeah, hang on. Dying. And keep going and don't give up on yourself and don't give up hope. And if you feel like, you know, it's about that time for you to maybe try some medications and do it slowly and just try out something that works for you. I am a very big proponent of medication because it's worked for me because I know if if I wasn't on medication, I'd be in prison, you know, because I would... I mean, I've had times where I've ran around naked on the street, you know, stuff like that back in my 20s and stuff. Okay.
0: Nice. <laughs> okay.
1: So, so that's what I want to say. You know, you don't have to get to that nutty point and, and, uh, you, you there's so much help out there now and yeah. talk about it and, and be open about it and don't be ashamed and don't feel guilty. It's not, it's nobody's fault for me. I was born this way and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Definitely, acceptance is a big thing too well thank you so much for being on my podcast and providing this value and bringing your story on here it is definitely really appreciated and thanks for everybody who is listening i hope you guys have a wonderful day evening night well night is evening morning wherever you are and i post every single week so definitely watch out for the next episode but yeah thanks guys for listening all right so for next week's episode we are going to be talking with himanish who is going to talk with us about spirituality and mental health and he is going to teach us how he used positive thinking into finding his next big thing it is a super exciting episode so stay tuned for next week